It is Monday, December 19th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. A wild day in the NFL. And Messi lifts the cup. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. It's not really a cup. It's a ball. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. The Giants and the officials beat the Commanders 20-12 to on Sunday Night Football. The Raiders defeat the Patriots in a historic finish. And the Chiefs need extra time to take care of the Texans. What is the Vegas lead? We're going to start with Sunday Night Football, AJ. It's the freshest game in our mind from last night, and... Boy, what a game between these two NFC East rivals. I believe uh, the handicap that I gave when I gave this play out and when I talked about it on the Dream Pod was that these teams are just even. They really are. And watching the tie from a couple of weeks ago and watching that game last night, did you come away with any other thought than these teams are even? Nope, same thing. Yeah, these these are even teams. And that's why I thought four and a half was crazy. Uh, turns out the, the Giants were a little bit better tonight, in fact. A couple big mistakes for Heineke, a, a late fumble that they thought maybe wasn't a fumble. Yeah. They just killed that team. But I will say this. There were some calls at the end game that really, really look bad on the officiating crew. Uh, first of all, the, the, the play that got called – was an illegal formation on what would have been a touchdown mm-hmm. for the commanders. And we don't know if they get the two-point conversion to tie the game, nope, whatever. No idea. Yeah. But McLaurin looks over at the ref, says, am I good? Mm-hmm. Gets the nod, and as soon as he looks away, that ref puts his hand on the flag. Yeah. And as soon as the ball is snapped, boom, that flag is flying. So touchdown wiped off. Okay. It seems a little ticky-tack. First, very- of, all, first of all, he McLaurin's got nothing to do with the play. Right? right? It's a run stuffed up the middle. McLaurin is the wide receiver on the outside. It's all about just lining up. So he, he he does what every receiver does at the start of the play because you have to have a certain amount of players in the line of scrimmage. You have to cover up the tackle. He points to the ref to acknowledge, hey, I'm on the line of scrimmage. And if he wasn't, the ref could just, get, hey, step up. One more step up. Or just, here's an idea. Don't throw the flag. Because he's got nothing to do with the play. Yeah. That's what bothers me the most. When penalties like that, that don't affect anything, get called. Yeah, it was tough. And honestly, he was lined up about a yard off the line of scrimmage. But honestly, almost every play in the NFL, you could make that argument. Like, it's not not a, a penalty that gets called very often. It's tough. Now, the next play in the end zone. Less tough. This the, was the mugging that took took the place. This is an unbelievable no call. I, I mean, pass interference is uh, this is almost like uh, Saints in the playoffs level pass interference that happened here. Meaning that it was that obvious. I mean, it was complete. I mean, he he was on the receiver like a backpack, and no call. So. Again, just a uh, a tough way to end the game. And if if you're 
a Washington commander, you were in that locker room last night going, dude, they didn't want us to win this game. Like, yeah. you, you certainly feel like this was rigged. I, I and I and honestly, I wouldn't blame them for feeling that way. I'm not like one to jump to the conclusion that sporting events are 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 fixed. But if if those two plays happened to my team directly in a row, I would have a I would have a hard time. Uh, I'd have a hard time dealing with it. I certainly would, especially when it affects your playoff positioning. So, Mackenzie, where are we right now in the projections? For the NFC postseason with both the Commanders and the Giants who, because of this outcome, actually stay exactly the same in the standings. The Giants are the sixth seed. The Commanders are the seventh seed as of right now. Giants 8-5-1. Commanders 7-6-1. Huge day for the Giants. Giants were underdogs coming into the day to make the playoffs. Now 87%. They were 45% before the day. Commander's almost the opposite. Entering the day, they were 73%, now only 35% to make the playoffs. Big swing. Well, I think it comes down to Detroit, right? And we'll talk about the Lions. Well, Detroit and Seattle is sort of an outsider. but yeah, Yeah, but but here's the thing. Washington lost to Detroit earlier this season. Didn't the Giants also lose to Detroit? Yeah, but the Giants have a, the game in hand right now at 8-5-1. Yeah. I'm just talking about the Commanders as the seventh seed yes. who are 7-6-1. Seven, and one. The Lions are right behind them at 7-7. Seven and seven. And, yeah, the tie could wind up helping them, but if it gets to – I mean, I guess there, I guess it can't be a tie. It doesn't even matter because of the be, because of the tie, there can't be a tie in the record. That's what I'm trying to say. So I guess it's a moot point anyway as long as – the Lions win a game and the Commanders lose a game, or actually, they'd have to lose twice, right? Because let's say seven, seven, and one. No, because eight and seven would be better than seven, seven, yeah. and one. So, and yeah. the Commanders are a real uphill battle scheduling wise at San Francisco next week, Ugh. then home to the Browns, home to the Cowboys to close out the season. But it's also it's tough for the Giants as well down the stretch. Not as tough at Minnesota, home Colts, and at the Eagles. To finish out their season, but here's the thing: two of those teams have already clinched. What the Eagles may be the full blown number one seed by that point, and may not be playing anybody. So yeah, you're right. That could be a a nice spot for them. Uh, As far as Seattle, who seems like the other team still in the mix, they're at Kansas City next week, home Jets and home Rams Mm. to close out the season. Yep. So those are the teams in the mix right now. Uh, Giants big win as according to their playoff. you know, odds to make it as they right now are eight, five, and one. Commander seven, six, and one. Yeah, I'd, I guess I should mention Detroit's schedule, which is like this. You think it went out with this schedule. They're at Carolina, home Chicago, and at Green Bay to close the season. And, you know, the Packers have been saying, well, if we're, once we're out of it, we may not be playing Aaron yeah. Rodgers. So uh, Ooh, that could certainly be the case by then. Seven lines team could make the playoffs. That'd be unbelievable given the way they started. So, yeah. Uh, Lions now looks like they've got a, a pretty pretty sweet path uh, to the playoffs as well. And uh, while we're at it, let's just get right into the rest of this Sunday and talking about playoff positioning and playoff seating. There was a team that backed into the playoffs as a result of what went down here on Sunday, and that's the Dallas Cowboys who clinched the playoff spot at 10 and four despite losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars. In overtime, on a pick six. Oh, yeah, that's a, a it's the second toughest loss of the day it seems, <laughs> or maybe even the third. I don't know. It's one of many tough losses 
to, to, you know, to end this week 15. But yeah, I got to say this, and and obviously we'll, we'll get to Dallas in just a second. Boy, Jacksonville's really turning things on at the right time in a division that is winnable for them. Their remaining schedule is at Jets, at Texans, home Titans. If they win out, they're nine and eight, and they're probably going to the playoffs. Do they win the division? I think they win the division. Mackenzie, what's their odds right now? For 538, 43%, Titans at 57%. It's a toss up. To win the division, you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, to win the division. Oh, yeah. There's no wild cards wow. coming out of this team, out, yeah, out no. of this league, I don't think, out of this division. So it, it's uh, Tennessee at seven and seven right now, Jacksonville at six and eight. But again, Jacksonville already has one win over them, has another game to play against them. If the Jags win out, the Jags go to the playoffs. I still don't think Jacksonville is good. Boy, <laughs> I mean, how can you say that after this? They, I mean, they made Trevor Lawrence looked phenomenal, and that's a good Cowboys defense that he just roasted. Yeah. You know, again, we could talk about what the score maybe should have been or could have been. Um, you know, Cowboys up 27-17 and Dak Prescott throws an interception. And it's like in in their own deep in their own territory. Yeah. It leads to a quick touchdown for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's just things like that change the outcome of the game. And then of course the interception return for a touchdown in in uh overtime did it, but you know, you just wonder if Dallas, even if they don't score there, if they just sustain a drive, how does this play out? This doesn't feel like a faulty win to me, though. This was the Jags had seven seven point two yards per play. The Cowboys five point yeah, four yards per was, play. They well, they it dominated. Was, it was a tale of two halves. Jacksonville dominated the second half. It yeah. wasn't even it wasn't even close. And the Jags did run all over the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, seven point one yards per carry. 192 rushing yards. Does this performance now, are you concerned for the Cowboys going into the post Absolutely. Because, I mean, just because their defense, and this is, listen, the defense last week against the Texans, you were like, what? what's going on here? And now this, yeah, you can't feel great about them right now. And maybe not going into the playoffs, but certainly going into the Eagles game. Yeah. You'd expect them to be playing a little bit better than this. Although, we, you know, we might as well transition into those Eagles who had their own struggles today uh, containing the Chicago Bears. And the Eagles a little more fortunate that the Cow- than the Cowboys because they got out with a 25-20 to 20 win. But it got it was a real close game at the end because – Justin Fields making things happen against his Eagles defense. That one run when he, you know, went all the way down the field. Honestly, it felt like the Eagles quit on that play. Like they they wanted no part of tackling him. It was just like, all right, here he goes, whatever. Yeah. It, well, it, I mean, that game, the the touchdown, you know, in the last few minutes of the game, like there's three minutes left to go or whatever it was, and the Eagles were up twelve. Of course, I was catching nine. <laughs> uh, and the Eagles, by the way, went for two. It was 17-13. They scored a touchdown and went for two, which really peeved me because then I knew that the uh, the Bears wouldn't kick the meaningless field goal. They had to get a touchdown. But Justin Fields, the threat of him taking off, the entire defense collapsed on Justin Fields. And what's he do? Whoop, sail one down to Byron Pringle. Touchdown, made it a five-point game, and then, of course, the Eagles seal it out on offense. But a lot tighter than it needed to be. They had a hard time containing Justin Fields. Luckily for them, Jalen Hurts continues to play like the MVP of the league. Uh, and A.J. Brown, you know, nine catches, 181 yards. What, what else can you say about this guy? Phenomenal day. But, yeah, I, both these teams, these two leaders in the NFC East, 
and I shouldn't even call them two leaders anymore now that you know Eagles have yeah. some separation. Uh, it's the defenses are faltering at the wrong time, and it, it makes next week's matchup really interesting. Although, I mean, the division seems to be it's locked up now, so there's nothing that can happen. Yeah, Eagles thirteen and one. This thing yeah. is this thing is done for. Uh, let's look at the. Where should we go next? Let's look at the uh, the Detroit Lions that we were just talking about. 2017 winners over the New York Jets. And, man, this game, it felt like the Jets had taken control. And what do we always say about the Lions? They just do not quit. Touchdown with under two minutes to go. Brock Wright, 51 yards from Jared Goff. Lions win. And, I mean, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know that this team's great. Well, but they, 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 they find a way to win every game right yeah, now. They get the punt return for a touchdown early. That That's the first touchdown of the game. I thought the Jets defense did a tremendous job. If you take away the punt return for a touchdown, the, the Lions only scored, you know, two touchdowns in this game or one touchdown in this game, right? So the, the offense wasn't the offense that we're used to seeing over the past couple of weeks from the Lions where – they average over 33 points per game at home. It's much different, and uh, yes, it was much different on the road, and yes, it was much different against this Jets defense, and I'm not going to put the blame on Greg Zerline. The Jets could have made it a much easier field goal for him at the end, but who knows? That field goal goes in. What happens? The Lions win in overtime? It feels like, you know what? It feels like the Lions would win in overtime because the Lions are just winning games. That's what they're doing right now. And the Lions missed the field goal of their own. So, I mean, it it, it all evens out. But what did you make of Zach Wilson? Stepping in, starting job, throwing for 317 yards and two touchdowns? You know what? It was strong. The problem was they didn't have a running game to go with it. And that's what the – I mean, the Jets – when Brees Hall went down, that may have been the end of the Jets being like a real contender, Mm -hmm. which – in high, like you would say, oh, a rookie running back gets hurt. That's the end of your season. I think it was. He was the offensive rookie of the year. I mean, he was just such a force for that team. The offense was built around him at that point, and he was covering up all the flaws at quarterback. Now, I, I just don't know what they are. The Jets sitting now at 7-7. Seven and seven. McKenzie, what are the Jets' odds to make the playoffs? 20%. They entered the day with 33%. But you okay. would think, like, with um, the uh, Dolphins losing and with the Patriots losing – that it would help the Jets' chances. Well, I think it hurt them less because those two teams lost. And yeah, let's... Patriots' biggest loser of the day in the AFC from forty percent down to nineteen percent to make the postseason. Yeah, let's go. Let's go to that game next because that was one of the wildest finishes I think, at least of the year. Yes, uh, well, maybe uh, ever. Well, let, let's set the stage first of how everything went down. So the Raiders are in control of this game. It's seventeen three at the half. And then Patriots cannot move the ball. Patriots cannot move can't the ball. do anything. Derek Carr then tries to throw a wide receiver screen to Devontae Adams where Kyle Duggar makes an incredible play, picks this thing off, takes it to the house for a touchdown. All of a sudden, it's 17-10. Patriots then grind their way, grind their way, grind their way, and then finally get the big touchdown. Right, the the Ramondre Steven. Well, first it was the Jacoby Myers catch, and then the long Ramondre Stevenson run, and then Derek Carr. Just, I mean, I tweeted this out earlier in the day. I I felt like he just makes the wrong decision on every pass play. You know what? I I saw you tweet that. I feel I felt like late, especially late in that game when it looked like the Raiders were trying to totally blow it. 
his receivers just couldn't catch the ball. Sure. Like, I mean, but, he's putting but he balls in had, hands. And, he also had open guys on yeah. shorter routes. Yeah. And sometimes he's swinging a, for the fences. Exactly. For sure. Sometimes as a quarterback, you have to take what the defense is giving you and just move the chains. There's nothing wrong with moving the chains. But instead of hitting a, hitting a wide receiver or uh, Josh Jacobs on a 10-yard out, he's chucking it down. the Matt Collins? Every ball is going down the field to Matt. As soon as the guy drops the first one, stop throwing it to yeah, him. Yeah, do not give him the ball anymore. But anyway, they do get a touchdown as Carr chucks it up for grabs, and it was a incredible cool. catch by. I Hula still don't Cole. know. I still don't know if that's a catch. I think he was out of bounds. Uh, the toe looked like, but the thing is, they called it, it on the called field. Called it on the field, touchdown, and it was impossible to overturn it. And then the Patriots had the ball, seemingly running the clock out to send this thing into overtime. And this happened on the final play of regulation. Mac Jones hands it off on a draw to Ramondre Stevenson, breaks out of a tackle at the 50, has the 45, breaks away from another tackle, pitches it backwards, and now Jacoby Myers spinning around, he throws it to Chandler Jones in midfield, and a step forward! Chandler Jones racing towards the end zone! It scores! Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! I can't believe what I just saw! Again! I can't believe what I just saw! This is unbelievable! I got <laughs> Wow! On the first night of Hanukkah, it's a miracle in Las Vegas! That was the call from Jason Horowitz. I used to work with Jason at Westwood. He's awesome. Jason Horowitz and, and uh, Lincoln Kennedy on Compass Media Networks, the radio, Raiders radio broadcast there. Did call it an interception. It was a fumble, yeah. really, because it's a backwards pass, but it was a, it's a fumble return for a touchdown. And Chandler Jones, former Patriot, gives Mac Jones the big face, like where you just put your palm on a guy's face and push yeah. him down like you would do to a little kid. I mean, he he big boyed him. What were they doing? Lateraling the ball? What? what I don't understand it. Why? And, and all right, I got to hear how it sounded on Patriots Radio. I assume that it's going to be very, very dejected. Now on a third and ten, three seconds left. Jones will give it to Stevenson. He started right. He runs it up the middle. Hit by Chandler. Jones slips and hit across the forty-five with a stiff arm. Off a tackle at the forty. He lost the football. And Jacoby Myers picks it up. He circles back and he throws it across the field. Toward oh Jones God. is picked up by Chandler Jones. He breaks away to the thirty. He runs to the twenty. He runs to the ten. He runs to the end zone. Unreal! Touchdown! Raiders. Good night. This might be one of the dumbest teams I've ever seen. And a victory for Las Vegas. <laughs> I don't know what to say. You think Miami was bad? We're down here, the miracle of Miami. This is a heads roll type freaking play right here. Oh my God. Chandler Jones, originally a Patriot. Jacoby Myers throwing it back across the field. Jones intercepts and he runs through Mac Jones, trying to bring him down. Gone for a game-winning score. Big-time player, money maker. Guys had a hell of a career. And Ramadre Stevenson was having a great I, game, I, and he I lost don't, the handle. I, I don't know. I don't know what Jacoby Myers is doing or who the hell he's throwing the ball to. 
The quarterback's going to run 50 yards? Oh, give me a break on there's, this. There's been a saying that the Patriots coaches have had for a long time. you got to know when the journey is over. And unfortunately, the Patriots, Stevenson Myers didn't realize it. And the playoff journey right now is in real question for the night, Patriots night. after night. that return by Chandler Jones. 30-24, Las Vegas wins it. Who's the color commentator for the Patriots? I think it's Scott Zolak, the uh, former Patriots quarterback. Dude, I'll be honest. I, I listened to some of that broadcast yesterday, and the, he was on the Patriots' ass. He always I mean, is. he's like, these guys are bozos. What a dumb series that was. I mean, it's very, it's almost refreshing because when they are playing. Mackenzie, give us an example of just how bad this, this Patriots offense was today. Well, let's just take Mac Jones, quarterback, signal caller. He was 13 for 31. That's 41.9%. So I went into my super sheet here. Last 1,700 quarterbacks that threw at least 30 passes, <laughs> it was the eighth worst. Oh so about one goodness. in every 200 games, a guy throws 30 passes, you expect him to throw this inaccurately. What's the, uh, what was the QBR for Mac Jones yesterday? Oh, 12.2. It's actually better than I would have expected given that the first better seven. Than I would <laughs> but you know what? The question he asked, who was he throwing to? Because even if Chandler Jones doesn't catch that ball, it's a Mac Jones. That's what he said. He's like, the quarterback's going to run 65 yards. Yeah, like, and because Mac, Mac Jones can't throw it. Well, you know, he has a better 40 time than Mahomes. So, <laughs> like, they, they'd already, saying there's a chance. They'd already gone past the line of scrimmage. There yeah. was no forward pass to be made. It really was. And I, I feel bad for Jacoby Myers because I'm guessing that today is, or well, yesterday was probably worse than today. But today's not going to be a great day for today's him. Today's not going to be a great day. But. It this was, was, was going to happen today. It's one of the dumbest things I've ever He's seen. Going to show up at the facility. Belichick's going to walk in and go, hmm, Jacoby, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. And he's going to say, hey, coach, I'm just getting some treatment. He goes, hmm. No, you're not on the team anymore. <laughs> it's going to be, you remember that hard knocks where the guy puts his key card up and he can't open the door? And that's what Jacoby Myers is going to be tomorrow. Because uh, So Scott Zolak, good as Scott Zolak, and uh, Bob Sochi, they're the, the radio team, 98.5 The Sports Hub. He does a great job. Zolak's I mean, great, yeah. yeah that, I've had him on radio good, uh, shows before, and, and he he's very critical of, um, of, of the Patriots, which is good. You don't want a guy to be a total homer. But um, you know what it reminded me of, like hearing him say that? Do you remember the old... Um, and I guess it was the uh, Paul Allen Vikings call when Brett Favre threw that interception in the NFC Championship game. That was great. And oh. he was like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. This is the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> this is in Detroit? Yeah, this is in Detroit. This is the Super Bowl. Oh, it's so great. But that man, I love him. He's like, who is he throwing it to? The quarterback's going to run 65 yards? Um, listen. As someone who was on Raiders minus one, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, oh, Jacoby man. Myers, that stinks, but thus is life, my friend. Uh, thus is life. What a historic Sunday. All right, let's look at another game, a game that actually made it to overtime. Very surprisingly, I'm telling you, the Houston Texans are fighting. They are scratching and clawing right now. 24-24 head to overtime half point dogs. with the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs get it done in overtime as Jarek McKinnon has a 26-yard touchdown run and the building erupts like it was Arrowhead Stadium. <laughs> uh, my brother was actually there at the game. And it was, I mean, it was, there were more, way more Chiefs. My brother is a Chiefs fan. Way more Chiefs fan than there were Texans fans. And Texans and fans that are locking up the number one pick. You they know, they are getting that job loss. done. But it, here's my question. Do you have to start worrying about Kansas City right now? Because this is three outings in a row 
where, you know, this game, obviously, the Broncos game where the Broncos almost came back and beat them. The week before that, uh, the the Bengals did come back and beat them. I think it's playing down to their competition. I think that's possible, Uh, you know, but hard to get up for games when you've clinched your seventh straight division title. That's the second longest streak that we've seen since the Patriots won 11 straight AFC championship games that ended a couple of years ago. Right. Those are the two longest streaks in, in, in the Super Bowl era of winning a division championship. I just think this is a team that is so ready for the playoffs that with these regular season games, yes, they're talented enough to win, but it's not about covering. It's not about style points or anything like that. But shouldn't it be about getting the number one seed and not having to play that first game? I'm saying they, they know that they're talented enough to win these games. And yes, maybe they, at the end of the game, they realize, man, we, we took this team a little too lightly and let's turn, let's turn things on. I just don't think that they're so, you know, up for these games, as, certainly not at the start. It just feels like last week should have been enough of a wake-up call. Yeah. Like, you almost lose to the freaking Denver Broncos that, like, oh, boy, we better we better fix this. After you did lose to the Bengals and take yourself out of position for the number one seed. So, uh, confusing performances lately by the Chiefs. Uh, I'm, I'm not thrilled with what I've seen. The Texans actually, I mean, some real offensive success. Yeah. Uh, against this team, it, which listen, defense isn't their strength, but either way, I think Chiefs Chiefs fans have some some cause for concern. Current odds for the number one seed: Buffalo fifty percent, Kansas City thirty nine percent, Cincinnati eleven percent. So you're saying there's a chance, but Cincinnati still they still control their own destiny because that game against Buffalo, they win that if they win out, yeah. The Bengals are in, so uh, easier said than done. And what a performance it was from the Bengals yesterday. Uh, they were trailing. They much, were, Joe Burrow stunk yeah, for a half of football. It, much like it was kind of similar to the Raider game. It was a tale of two halves, and and the Bucks were up 17-3 in, in going into the second half, and then it was complete domination. And I know that RJ has mentioned it before, but the, uh, the, the, the defensive coordinator for the Bengals, what is it, uh, Lou Anarumo? He is going to get a head coaching job next year because the adjustments he made going into that second half, Tom Brady could not breathe. They turned him over a bunch of times. They were constantly hitting him, the pressure. They did an incredible job defensively in that second half. Yeah, and the fact that Joe Burrow ends up with four touchdown passes all in the second half on 200 yards passing. Four different receivers. That tells you how inept that Bengals offense was in the first half. I mean, the fact that that team came back like this is not only to win, but to like win comfortably is just really impressive. But it's also, it, it sort of tells the story of the Bucks season. The Bucks, this is a dead season for them. Uh, I, we've we've said on this show before, this is not a good team. No. This is not a good team like where there's just going to be a, a switch flipped and you're going to see the old Bucks. This isn't them. This is a, a, a – Tom Brady played about as well as he's played all season yesterday. And, I mean, he did have the two picks, but, I mean, he was great in the first half. He gave them enough to win, and they didn't even come close. This team is just not – it's not them. And yet at 6-8 and eight. – they are still in first place in the NFC South. And five and nine Carolina, five and nine New Orleans, five and nine Atlanta, all still alive for a division title. Unbelievable. Let's talk next. We'll get to those teams here in a minute. I want to get the, the team that had a little, 
a little bit more playoff skin in the game. The Chargers and the Titans. This was a really good game. And not for me because I have been eliminated from fantasy football because Justin Herbert did not throw a touchdown pass. He did not throw a touchdown pass. He threw two he, interceptions and okay. First did of not all, throw a touchdown pass. First of all, one of those interceptions was maybe the coolest defensive play we've seen all year. Yes, that was where insane. A cornerback realizes he can't catch the ball with his feet in bounds, so he volleyball passes it. To he his was, boy. He, he was doing the uh the out of bounds like basketball save where like you you catch it and then either throw it to a teammate or you know smack it off a guy's leg. It was he amazing. Jumped, he caught the ball in air going out of bounds and passed it to a teammate. It was great. But when the when the game was on the line, Justin Herbert completed the best drive of the game. Oh, got that's them the in field so goal the, range. The, the Titans come back. They're down 14-7, and they go and score the game-tying touchdown with less than a minute left, but less than 48 seconds to be exact when Randy Bullock kicked the football off. And 48 seconds is all the time that Justin Herbert needs because just surgical, boop, 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 field goal range. Yeah, it's uh, it, just too easy for him. It, just an incredible, which makes, incredible which makes drive. Makes you wonder why the heck doesn't they don't they do that the whole game? I've got no idea. And I'll be, listen. RJ's been uh, he's been asking what, like do I why don't I like Brandon Staley? Brandon Staley's an absolute dope. Of course, uh, that's it, why he's not going to be the coach next year. We know this. Going into it's going to be Sean Payton. Going into the half, he just like. I will die on that sword, by the way, McKenzie. He lit 45 seconds. Even if they make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I will die on that sword. He let 45 seconds just burn. Like, yes. no, I mean, it, and we see what 45 seconds can do. I know. For Justin Herbert, what are you doing? If I was, if I were the Chargers and if I was their offensive coordinator, I would be like, honestly, let's just scrap all this <gasps> scripted stuff and just tell Justin Herbert, hey, two-minute drill, shotgun, uh, five wide, you do what you got to do. Move let's us just down the field every time. Let's just trick Justin Herbert into thinking there's always 45 seconds yeah. left in the game. Just because go. he was uh, uh, literally, there was no doubt in my mind that they were getting at the field goal range when they go, when they got the football. Well, I had no doubt. It was a, a one of the tighter games all all season or all all day long uh, yesterday. There were not there were there were some wild finishes. This one was tight throughout. Some wild comebacks. This one wasn't one of them. But the Titans, like I said. They're now scrapping to win the AFC South. Yeah, I, I look at that division, and you know we talked about how the Jacksonville Jaguars are still alive to win the division right now. Tennessee seven and seven, Jacksonville six and eight, and those two teams are on a collision course for the final game of the season, which could wind up being the AFC South championship game. And McKenzie, what this do for the Chargers playoff odds? Great day for the Chargers. Came in with 55%. They're now at 83% to make the playoffs. 83%. Yeah. That's what I said. I said this team's making the playoffs. They're they in. are too talented. And as, once the defense gets healthy, I think this team is going to be a real problem. I'll say, Think about it this way. When you think about who you might have to play in the playoffs. I don't I, want to play Justin Herbert. No way. Yeah. No way. Do you want to see that guy standing across from you in the play? And I know, you know gonna I know he hasn't won anything. Here's what's going to happen. They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to play in the divisional round, and it's going to be a hard-fought loss, maybe similar to the Chiefs-Bills game, you know, 13 seconds. It's going to be one of those losses. Then RJ's going to come in here on the Dream Pod, <laughs> and you're going to say something about Justin Herbert, and RJ's just going to go, but has he won a playoff game? No, he's not. <laughs> Zero playoff wins for Justin <laughs> Herbert so far. 
but I'm telling you now. I'm waiting for it. Is there any other team in the AFC that can beat the Bills or the Chiefs besides the Chargers? I, the, Bengals. the Bengals. The Bengals. Yeah, I think yeah the Bengals. Sure. And and uh, you know what? We've we've written the Ravens off. Yeah. But Lamar Jackson will probably be back for the playoffs, and if he is back, sure, that team is a, a yes. different team. So mm-hmm. I I hate to th- like p- throw the Ravens on the trash heap, but as it stands now, I I've, like if you're asking me. Miami, Tennessee, New England, the Jets, the Jets. Like, give me those teams. Just do not put Justin Herbert on that field. Mike White, Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, no, no one's scared <laughs> of those guys. I can tell you that right now. Let's uh, go to the, uh, the games for the NFC South teams that, yeah, I guess could make some noise here. Uh, Saints with a 21-18 win over the Falcons. Thanks for not covering New Orleans at the end. I really thought, AJ, we had a chance to backdoor this thing. I thought they were going to kick a field goal. But nope, Taysom Hill lines up on fourth down with like 10 seconds left, and it was like a fumble. It was a stupid play anyway. But I just thought, hey, we got the football. We're in field goal range. Let's just have the you know clock run out on them to the point where like, hey, they have to run a play on fourth down and kick a field goal. Win the game by six. Let's backdoor this cover. Nope, 21-18. Falcons cover. But the Saints getting important wins keep their hopes alive for a division title. I think something you got to give the Falcons credit for is they got down 14 nothing in the first quarter. And for this team that is so built on running the football, they stuck with it. Yeah, I thought they'd abandon the run, but they said, listen, we got a rookie quarterback out here in Desmond Ritter. Who threw for only 97 yards. Yeah, they did not ask much of him at all. But they still they still ran for 231 yards, almost six yards per carry. So kudos to the, it kept them in the game, got them a cover because th- that game could have easily gotten out of hand had they yeah. said, "Hey, I know this wasn't the game plan, Desmond, but we're gonna need you to chuck it around the field right now." Uh, that that could have gone really really poorly for the Falcons. Instead, they make it competitive. Both these teams now sitting at. Five and nine. What are we looking at, McKenzie? Let's get those NFC South odds. What are the odds for each it's team? It's funny right how now? little they changed. The Buccaneers, 72%. The Panthers, 23%. Saints pop up to 2%. They were at less than 1%. And the Falcons are at 3% to win the division, which also means make the playoffs. I guess it doesn't change much because the only team that won was the team that had the longest shot right. to it begin went from with. A million to one to 50 to one. Mm. Yeah, so it, it not not a whole lot changes, like you said. But, I mean, down the stretch, this is going to get really interesting. Uh, the Saints, their last three at Browns, at Eagles, home Panthers. I think at Browns, at Eagles, home Panthers may be uh, enough to, to knock the Saints out of here who are holding on by a thread to begin yeah. with. Uh, for the Falcons, it's at Ravens, which looks like a winnable game right now. Mm. Home Cardinals, mm. home Buccaneers. Ooh, they could win all three. They could absolutely win all three of those games. For Carolina, it is home Lions at Tampa, at Saints. And, of course, for the first place, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Cardinals, home Panthers, at Falcons to close the season. So, uh, interesting. I mean, as as bad as the division is, it's at least an interesting race down the stretch. I kind of hope the Panthers win this thing. It would be it would be just hilarious to see Sam Darnold start a playoff game. I think some of our listeners might have like bet like thousands and thousands of dollars at minus two thousand that the Panthers won't make the playoffs. So I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. All right. Anyway, uh, I was just saying it for Sam Darnold's sake too. Uh... You remember that though when we gave I that do, out? I do remember that. I mean, Fez was like, "There is no yeah. chance they can yeah. make the playoffs," and I don't think he was counting on. The rest of this division well, being so Sam, bad. Sam Darnold had a uh, QBR of 46.8, 14 of 23 passing, 225 yards. That and ups a his touchdown. career number, doesn't it, McKenzie? Yeah. 
As uh, <laughs> might be his greatest game of all time. Yeah, the Panthers did lose to the Steelers. Mitchell Trubisky managing the game nicely, 179 I, yards, no touchdowns though, but he still didn't turn the ball. I'm so angry that I got suckered into this Mason Rudolph is going to be the starter thing because I would have. I when there was a three on the board, I was like, if only Mitch Trubisky was playing. They they split first team reps during the week. They announced that he was going to be the starter, <laughs> and then the, the game day comes and Mitch Trubisky's the starter. It's crazy, but and then by the time I find out Mitch Trubisky's starting, only two and a halfs available. Yeah. They got yep. me, so I didn't end up playing it. But I, I'm angry at myself for not getting down on that. Uh, did get me a, a winner on the Dream Preview Pod. I'll take that. That's always one of my five four threes. So I'll six I'll, and zero uh, the last two weeks. Six and zero the last two weeks since Fez bet against me. Hey, I, I said you were going to go uh, ten and five overall in oh, the fifteen place. You, I think you underestimated me. Yeah, I should. That's I think right. you underestimated right. me. Uh, but yeah, the, the Steelers. This was again. It may be. Uh, a moot point for the Steelers, maybe too little, too late after losing that game last Although week. The losing season is still being avoided right now. So far, Tomlin still has never had a losing season. And the the remaining schedule, like none of these games would shock you if they won. Home Raiders at Baltimore, home Browns, all winnable games. Wouldn't shock me at all. Uh, final game from yesterday: the Cardinals and the Broncos in the backup bowl. I don't want to talk about. Then it. it wound up being the backup backup bowl. Yeah, um, as Brett Rippin. Out duels both Colt McCoy and Trace McSorley. Broncos win 24-15 in a game that might, if like every game, I guess, of DirecTV had numbers on each feed for each game, this is probably the lowest rated game nationally. I'll say I didn't watch a single second of this game, and I'm so glad I didn't. Yeah, James Conner. 63 yards rushing, and uh, Latavius Murray actually had a nice day. 24 carries, 130 yards, and a touchdown. McKenzie says, if you were on a desert island, would you watch it? McKenzie, if I went blind <laughs> for five years and then woke up one day with sight, and they said, Trace McSorley, Brett, Brett Rippin. I'd say, oh, my God, <laughs> get, pull my eyes back out. I don't need this. I yeah, don't need I'll it. read Braille. Forget it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I would have said? Give me give me the Braille uh, description of the, the end of the Raiders pack or Raiders Patriots game. <laughs> That's you, what I want. I'll tell you what, though. If you would have told me Trace McSorley, Brett Rippin, but it's Boise State, Penn State. <laughs> I'd watch that game. Maybe so. Maybe I'm probably field, not. Yeah. Oh, come on. Oh, on the blue field, I wouldn't. I'd go blind again. <laughs> listen, listen. Five years ago, watching that game, okay, Boise State, Penn right. State, I'd watch that yeah, game. Maybe. Yeah. But only one game left in week 15, and that is tonight's game. Monday night football, the L.A. Rams, the Baker Mayfield-led L.A. Rams against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Not, the line is currently sitting at seven. It's been there most of the week, not not budging. I'm a little surprised. This is a game, if I had any sense in my head, I'd back the Packers. I, for whatever reason, I'm worried the Rams might be reinvigorated by Baker Mayfield. Baker? I think it's – and listen, I watched the game last week. I saw how bad he was for almost the entire game. And I'm still like, ah, I could see the way the Rams cover this game. What are you seeing? Uh, I think this game is intriguing to me for one reason. Christian Watson has all of a sudden skyrocketed to the second favorite for offensive rookie of the year. 
Garrett Wilson is his primary competition right now. And Garrett Wilson had himself a nice day for the Jets. He had four catches for 98 yards, but he did not find the end zone. If Watson has a big night here tonight, he's going to overtake Wilson to be the favorite to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. I could see that. And McKenzie, what did the what did the Seahawks loss do to the Packers' chances to make the playoffs? Because the Packers, Are I know we still that, talking about that. I'm, I know it's faint, but I know they jumped up when Seattle lost. They, they jumped, jumped up to six percent currently. Okay. Yeah, well, the Lions win hurt, hurt them. Too. The, the Lions win did hurt them, but man. I think they're going to fight until there's no fight left. The Rams have no fight left, although it, they're 0.1%, right, Mac? Well, they're less than 0.1%. Let's go ahead and count them out. There's no X by their name, but I don't think they're making the playoffs. For a Rams team that's out of it, it's easy to get up for a primetime game in your home stadium. It's difficult when you have to go on the road in the conditions that they'll play in tonight in Lambeau. Yeah, what's it going to be, 20 degrees out in Green Bay? Is that right, McKenzie? Yeah, Monday night. Monday and night. what's and what's the, the real feel temperature, you know? Yeah, it's probably uh, it's probably pretty gnarly. It's 20 – low winds, though, I guess, which is always nice. But 20, yeah, but I want the feels-like temperature. 20 degrees, never a uh, never a fun time. So what time would kick off locally, you think? It's like what, – what is it? Uh, 7 p.m.? 7 o'clock, yeah. Okay. There's no feels like 16. Yeah, that's it feels awful. Uh some numbers if you like feels the like Packers. Feels like Tom Coughlin red face. Uh Rodgers 9-3 and 1 ATS coming out of a bye, 23-11 and 1 at home on primetime games. So uh I got so that's ATS. That's a, a, ATS, yeah. So those are those are good numbers. Uh, if, here, if you believe in question. those types of trends. Here's the question. The Dumbo teaser won again. On Sunday Night Football. Does the Dumbo teaser work for Monday night? They're trying to protect themselves. The total dropped a couple points. Packers by one over 33 and a half. Packers by one under 45 and a half. 45 and a half. What's the right way to go? The traditional Dumbo teaser is teasing the total up to go under. However, you know, we have, we're creative. Oh, but we're the Dumbos. Right, so exactly. We're not, we, so we write the English Technically, dictionary. the Dumbo teaser should be Rams plus 13 and under 45 and a half. <laughs> that's the Dumbo teaser. That's the, that's the traditional Dumbo. Yeah. I don't know. The thing is, do we go full Dumbo? Once you go full Dumbo, you can't <laughs> go back. God, Feds would be so mad at us if we went full Dumbo. You never I, go full Dumbo. My thought is, because the line keeps ticking down, that might be our to our advantage. Take six more points. Why not? I mean, 33 and a half points, you got to be able to get that, right? 17-3 final. final. Uh, yeah. Maybe no Dumbo teaser this week, boys. Well, it did win on Sunday night, although it was completely unnecessary because the underdog won outright yeah, and, the under hit, it. and the under hit with ease. Did not need <laughs> it. But either way, uh, it's one of those rare late-season Monday night games where, yeah. I'm not that interested. Yeah, yeah, Amazon has beaten out ESPN the last couple of weeks with primetime games. They really have gotten a lot. Well, yeah, that's surprising. And it's, it's Sunday night football always has the big edge because they get the flex games. But the fact that Thursday night's been better than Monday night the last few weeks mm. is a little bit embarrassing. Amazon Prime, baby. As if the NFL slate yesterday wasn't exciting enough, the day got started with arguably – 
one of the greatest soccer matches you will ever see. I I watched it. Argentina, that says a lot. I know. Argentina. You, you like how I did that, Mackenzie, right? I do. No, I don't. Argentina. It sounds like you got something caught in your throat. It's disgusting. El champion de mun, mun, mundial. Campeon. Campeon. Campeon de mundial. Close enough. Close this enough. Terrible. Argentina. Oh, stop with that. <laughs> you won't let it go. No, Argentina. Back, back to it. Argentina. <laughs> so Argentina beats France in PKs, that's penalty kicks, mm -hmm. to win the World Cup. And now all Messi has to do is play for an MLS team and win the MLS Cup. One more trophy for Messi, right? And then he's the GOAT? And then he's the GOAT. Uh, I got to be honest. <laughs> And this is from the most casual soccer watcher ever. I won't even say soccer fan, but although it was a good game, I just good doesn't describe it. AJ, it was great. It was incredible. Okay, I think it's relative. I mean, I, I'm sure I could have watched a way crappier soccer match. Is Dude, what I'm saying. The ups and downs, the saves, the chances. Here's what I don't like: penalty kicks. Yeah, but I have this argument. Or not argument. I'm not going to argue about it. But I have this discussion every time we see a game end on PKs, which happens often. I'm not even talking about ending. How long do you want these guys to play for? I'm not even talking about ending on penalty kicks. Here's what I want from penalty kicks. This is Fez does this all the time. Here's how I'll fix a sport. Okay. No McKenzie, goalies. What do they call that? Lot like there's the two boxes around the goal, right? Yeah. What's the What's the big box called? Twenty five yard box. Put the ball on the 25-yard line box and make them kick the PKs from there. You're too close to the goal when you kick a PK. It's like anybody can do that. They always say it's really easy on the goalkeepers, really hard on the goal takers because you're supposed to make it 80% of the time. So really, if you're a goalie, you just guess because it doesn't really matter. You're supposed to not get it. That's I, Okay, McKenzie, you know more about soccer than me. If I took three penalty kicks, could I make one? I think you're a favorite to make one, yeah. You, I, even against the best goalkeeper in the world. And I've never... Pick a direction, kick it really hard. I've never kicked a soccer ball. I okay, think I maybe can, less than 50. I think yeah, I can I make one. I think I can make one, though. Because not, not you would think that the goaltender would just guess wrong one time. One out of three. And maybe the best goaltender... So if you're kicking against Hugo Lloris and he guesses wrong, but he's athletic enough to kind of make up for it because you're not going to kick it right. hard... He's going to save your shot, but you could probably get one in. But why am I not going to kick it hard? Because you've never kicked a soccer ball before. And I you kicked, can probably guess from your angle which I way you're going to do it a little bit more. You, than you just don't know the mechanics. I've kicked a human. It's a completely, it's a completely different <laughs> Same thing. It's, it's just kicking. You soccer, ever kicked a 30-yard field goal or anything? Soccer, you got to kick it with I, the I inside I've kicked foot. a successfully kicked a 30-yard field goal. I have. All right. you got to kick it with the inside of your foot. Yeah. I think you could score on Hugo Lloris. I think you could. One out of three times. I've played kickball before. Yeah, okay. Yeah, come but, on. But you usually kick the ball up in the air when you play kickball. Yeah. Yeah, see, no. And not, usually it, when you play see, kickball, you kick with your toe because that's where you get the— This but, is what's going to happen. You're going to go and you're going to line up at the, the penalty box, the 18-yard box, right? Mm -hmm. 18 yards, Mackenzie? Right? Yes. Yeah. And you're going to kick it over the net. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. I'd kick, kick the, the I'd kick try a, to kick it too hard. A worm burner. 12 yards, actually. 12 yards. You know, No, here's what I do when I take a penalty kick. Because uh -huh. all the years that I've played soccer, you know that, right? Uh-huh. Um, I mean, you're built for soccer. I go, I go, I go, go right up the middle. That's the kick that right Messi made in the in the uh, extra time PKs. Yeah. That was the smartest thing. He barely kicked it, it, and he kicked it right at the goal where the goalie you, was. 
Let the goalie and the guess. Dummy just dove on the ground. Yeah. Let the goalie guess, and you just go right up the middle. Uh, That's what I do in FIFA all the time. I mean, it's too easy. I, I can make PKs. I've, ma- FIFA. I, I've mastered soccer, is what's <laughs> happened. But uh, honestly, I, I will say this, and I know people are going to get mad. People did get mad yesterday on Twitter when I said that. But I will say, if you were trying to sell someone on soccer who Put never that watches, on. Put that game on. That was an easy sell. Although, again, I think like there's too many of those penalty kicks. Like the idea that one guy was able to kick three in one game seems a little absurd to me. Just don't get too physical in the box. I'd like a little more physicality. Yeah. Mackenzie, was that one of the greatest soccer matches you've ever watched? Yes. Instant classic. The fact that it was 2-2 going into extra times and both Messi and Mbappe come up with a country-changing goal, it's, it's yeah. something that you can't you can't. Restrict. Did you see the, the footage of Buenos Aires and all the celebrating going no. on? It was just a sea of people. It's uh, it's 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 something that you'll never see in this country right ever. After, right after the game, there was a, a a family, a couple holding a blanket with Diego Maradona's face on it, who won it in '86 and he died a couple years ago. In 50 years, there's going to be a blanket with Messi's face on it, thinking, yeah. this changed Argentina. This changed my life. I have a nostalgic, tearful memory of it. 50 years from now, it's just it'll never happen in this country. Like it happens regionally with like cities. You know, like a city winning the first, like like um, a, a city winning their first ever championship, like something like that. It, like it, the Las Vegas Aces did. Yeah, never be the same after that. <laughs> That's right. You, you understand, like uh, you know. I know. I get what you're saying. The Eagles winning the Super Bowl, yeah. like like the the the, the emotion. You remember the video of Kobe when the Eagles won? Apparently, he's a bit from Philly, a big Eagles fan. He was like crying with yeah. his daughter. Like it That's meant the, something. That, yeah, it means something to like people that grow up. It's just for an entire country. To be on board with something like that, even if the United States wins a World Cup, which I have a fix for it. I have a fix for it. What's that? End of the game. Mbappe had one of the great games. Messi had one of the great games. It's 3 3. Yeah. Put the ball at the 50 yard line, have Messi on one side, fastest player in the world in his prime, Mbappe on the other side, one on one soccer. Whoever scores first wins. Can I, you know what? No holds barred also. While I'm pissing people off about soccer, I'll just go ahead and go full bore because, you know, whatever. Uh, two things I noticed about Lionel Messi today. No, like he just he walks almost the entire game. Like everybody else is running, and he's just walking around. Walking. I was like, why is number ten always walking? Preserving energy. It, well, very wise of him. Uh, and then the other thing I noticed, and this is unfortunate for him. How tall is Messi? Five seven. Oh man, that sucks. Why he's the best I, athlete in the world and the biggest sport in the world. He, you know what? He's five seven. He's not the best athlete in the world. Stop that, McKenzie. <laughs> yeah, okay. He's good. At, he's good at his sport. But the worst thing they could have done to him, I would have never known he was five seven. Because when you get the full view of the of the soccer pitch, you can't tell. They send him out at the very end, and France sent out their goaltender, who's like a giant. And it was like, oh my, Messi looks like a little kid. And <laughs> he's I was like, like a hobbit. It's very that odd. Saved the world. It's very well. He saved. Argentina. <laughs> Argentina. So uh, congratulations to Argentina on winning the World Cup. That's enough World Cup for four years. <laughs> College football back in action. Tonight. So if you don't, you know, if you're not into the the Monday night football game, well, well there, there's an alternative. Actually, uh, not really, because the uh, whole game is not the right the time. Yeah, you're right. Uh, little news, though. Bo Nix going to come back to Oregon for the 2023 season. Maybe All right, a, Bo Nix for Heisman. A bit of a surprise. Actually, uh, there's too much East Coast bias. 
Well, and also Bo Nix isn't as good as a lot of other players. So that would, uh, I mean, I think there's, it's a double-edged sword there, Scott. I, I, I think you're a bigger Bo Nix fan than I am, but Bo Nix has had a, a much better season than I would have expected yeah. uh, this year. So good for him coming back. The only game today is Marshall and UConn. UConn now. Marshall, Marshall, Marshall. A 12-point dog. And total in this game is at 41. Under. I think the under's in play as well. I think the UConn team total could be in play. Marshall is really good. They're really good defensively. Yeah. And UConn is not very good. UConn is kind of I'm, – I'm happy for UConn. It's nice to see them have success after they've been a doormat for so long. But this is not your typical bowl team. They, this is a, a well below average quality bowl team. Uh, and Marshall's a well above average G5 bowl team. I could see this turning into just a bloodbath. Uh, so under and Marshall would be the ways I'm leaning. Although the Marshall numbers, I mean, it was 10 most of last week. Uh-huh. You don't want to pay 12 now. Would it's, it would it shock you if this game finished 35 nothing? No, not one bit. That, that's kind of the game that I see. Like in my mind, seeing how this game plays out, that's kind of what I envision happening. Yeah, and it's you know it, it's hard to to bet those two things. Yeah. Because if you bet if you bet the side and the total, you're like, oh, okay, that's enough, guys. He's dead already. Stop. Yeah. yeah. It it does kind of tear your rooting interests. But uh, I, I'll tell you what, I don't think they can both lose. I don't think they can yeah. both lose. So, uh, Marshall minus twelve and under forty one would be my leans today. We got a nice uh, NBA and NHL schedule for tonight. So let's take a look ahead at the action. Yeah, honestly, there's too many games for me to go through today, so I'm just going to pick a couple key ones out for the NBA. I'm going to go with the Cavs, minus 5.5. My Cavs, minus 5.5, hosting the Jazz. The Philadelphia 76ers, seven-point favorites at home against the Raptors, and the Milwaukee Bucks, minus one at the Pelicans. Ooh, okay. Uh, We got one, two, three, four. We got a lot of games in the NHL. It's a lot of action tonight uh, uh, in the NBA and on the ice. action. But here's a fun one to possibly look at. The Blue Jackets are at home against the Dallas Stars. Columbus has lost three straight games and tentatively scheduled for tonight. I don't know if it's going to happen. I'm just thinking about it in terms of who played the last couple of games and, you know, maybe rest could come into play. Who would be in line to start a game tonight? In Your goal? guy. Elvis Merzlikens. Man. They call him the king. Dallas <laughs> is minus 225 total of six and a half. We might have to pick on. Is CBJ. Dallas good? Dallas is good, and they have one of the uh, elite goaltenders in the NHL and Jay Gottinger. So then, if you play, if you wanted to play an over, wouldn't you play Dallas team total over? Correct. Okay. Yeah, or just Dallas on the puck line. I'll have to. It all comes down to goaltender matchup. We'll have hey. to see if Merzlikens is in. You know what to do. Hit me with that text when you find out. But it could be very interesting. Uh, other decent games that we might have uh, tonight: Panthers and Bruins. You know the Panthers' record. Not as good as you would expect, but this is still one of the elite teams in the NHL. And yes, I do feel that way about this Panther squad, but the Bruins have a league best record of 24, 4, and 2. And they have not lost a game at home in regulation this season. 16, 0, and 2 in Boston, the best home record 
in the NHL. The Bruins tonight are minus 170. If you'd like to get any picks on pregame.com, there's certainly going to be plenty available for all the action today and tonight. Boy, eight straight three-star NHL winners from yours truly, AJ. That's a lot. That's strong, man. That's a lot. That is strong. If you played all of those eight three-star winners, you are up well over 24 units. I mean, you're basically Jeff Bezos. Well, because what you are. here's the a lot of them, like yesterday's was plus money. Yeah. So it wasn't just a three star winner. It was actually like a 3.3 unit winner. If someone had rolled over your hockey picks for the last eight picks, they could own Twitter.com right now. Why didn't they do that? Oh, <laughs> such a mistake. <laughs> I'm such a dumbo, Fez. I'm such a dumbo. But here's what we're going to do. I can picture Fez now. If you believed in them, you yeah. should have rolled them over. Last night was <laughs> the first night of Hanukkah. And Hanukkah is the festival of lights. Instead of one day of presents, we get eight crazy nights, like Adam Sandler said. Crazy, crazy nights. So here's what we're going to do. You go to pregame.com, and we're going to give you 20% off of anything that you would like to purchase. You can purchase any picks for tonight, a daily package, a best bet, uh, any season packages, whatever's available. For you, 20% off because this is the Festival of Lights. The promo code is LIGHTS20. L-I-G-H-T-S, LIGHTS20. 20% off anything at pregame.com to celebrate Hanukkah because yours truly lit the candles last night. That was a good Jew. Good for you. I did a good job. Good for you. Did a good job. I'll do Christmas at my brother's house this weekend. You're double dipping, huh? I, I do. I'm, we, we do it. We do double dip. We're that family. But you know, you know listen to each teach their own. You know, it's all about it's all about the season of giving. And you know what? I'm gonna light the candle at my house tonight. Candles. It's the oh. second night of Hanukkah tonight, so you got to do two candles. I'll get Remember, it. Remember, always welcome in the new night first. Okay. You light the the, the new night, new and candle, then, and yes. then the old. Candle. Then, okay, yeah. got well, it. They, you replace the candles; they melt. It's wax. No, oh, okay. you got to put new candles in the menorah. But you start with the second night, and then how go many back candles to the first do you night. go through? Eight. Well, nine because there's the, the sham that does the. Okay. You know, yeah. yeah. Oh, I got to teach you. Lights <laughs> twenty is the promo code. Pregame.com. Jump on board. Plenty of daily packages. Best bets available to help you win some guilt, as we call it here for Hanukkah. For Mackenzie Rivers and AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Sedberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.